Well, one of, I think, the most difficult things for most people to do is comfort those who are mourning the loss of a loved one. It brings together two things that human beings tend to be pretty uncomfortable about, death and silence, which leaves most of us ill at ease in situations where there are simply no words. And so it is quite often the human nature that we feel awkwardly compelled to say something, but sometimes because we're like, I got to fill this void, the grief is so heavy, I must say something, we say Ill, you know, very well-intentioned words of comfort that happen to be false, quite false. And the reality is that quite often, you know, and there's many such sayings, and I suspect you can think of some of them, and, and I think it's always worth thinking theologically about what does the Bible say about the things we're inclined to say in those moments of uncomfortable uh, silence. But the reality is that many of these words, quite often, they underestimate the goodness of heaven. Or they underestimate the exalted status enjoyed by those who have died trusting in Jesus Christ. The reality is that our eternal situation in Christ is just so infinitely better than our earthly situation was that we often sell eternity short as we try to comfort those who are left behind. And so as you know, we've been in a series, we're going through a series where we are looking at very popular myths that kind of pervade the Christian space and our cultural space, and we're, we're trying to say, well, what does the Bible say about these things, and is there a better truth? And today's myth, which was, of course, nominated by one of you, because all these myths have, have been nominated from the congregation, right? One of these is, is a very common, well-intentioned, comforting falsehood. And the myth is that heaven just gained another angel. Anyone ever heard that one? Yeah, I see it quite a bit on social media, uh, as well as occasionally hearing it's kind of sort of spoken uh, on TV or other places like that. But here's, here's the good news, right? Yes, we're going to have to deal with a little bit of bad news as we bust this myth, but, but the real truth for followers of Jesus is just so infinitely better than the myth so we want to move past this myth and get to the reality that the Bible teaches us. And so today our passage is 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 2 and 3. Paul writes, Or do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world is to be judged by you, are you incompetent to try trivial cases? Do you not know that we are to judge angels? How much more then matters pertaining to this life? Now, to be clear, this passage is part of a much longer section that is addressing church discipline and the settling of disputes between believers and doing that within the context of the church rather than running off to the courthouse with a lawsuit. But these two verses also give us a fascinating insight into angels, humans, and our respective futures together in eternity. And what I want to say is that once again, as has been true throughout this series, 
the gospel truth taught by Scripture is way better than the myth that is pervading our culture. And the better truth regarding those who have passed away in Christ is this, that in Christ, heaven gained another member of God's royal family. And so we're going to explore this better truth through two key principles. The first is this, angels are awesome, but they're servants. We're family. Now, truth be told, we don't know as much as we'd all like to know about angels, right? You know, most Christians are pretty curious about angels. We want to know more. They are profoundly fascinating to us, and yet they are also very mysterious if you really study the biblical texts about them. Now, certainly across well over 2,000 years, there is no shortage of speculation about angels, but the biblical truth is we just don't know very much about them. What we do know is that they serve and carry messages for God. That is literally what the word angel means. It simply transliterates the Greek word angelos, which means messenger. And throughout the Bible, we see angels deliver messages on God's behalf. Now, we, we also see them, we hear, at least hear about them fighting battles against evil spiritual forces. We see them surrounding the throne of God the Father and Jesus the Son up in heaven, praising them continuously. And so from this, we see that angels are powerful. We see that they spend a great deal of time in God's glorious presence, and, and that radiates from them, right? You cannot be unaffected by spending time in the presence of God. And so they, it kind of radiates outward, that reflected glory of God, as we were singing about glory just a moment ago, as they go out and do their various missions for the Lord. And this usually makes angels overwhelming for any human being who encounters one, right? It's not just a, like back in the old TV show, you know, just a little bit of glow behind them, and you're like, oh, that's great, right? No, what we see is that their holiness and God's reflected glory generally terrifies people. And the reason for that is because of our our residual sin and, and spiritual darkness. And so to find a being that is spiritual and, and near the pure holiness of God is, is overwhelming to us. And that's why if you, if you look at how people respond to angels in the Bible, the two most common biblical reactions to meeting an angel are fear or the attempt to worship the angel. And the angels are very consistent. Do not worship us. Worship God alone. And so often, angels have to start their conversations with human beings by saying, do not be afraid or fear not. And so when you think about these things, this is why I think it feels so comforting to us to, to imagine that after a loved one passes away, they become an angel. What's the saying? Every time a bell rings, an angel earns its wings or something like that. Uh, you know, 
because to our kind of human mind, it would seem that being an angel serving in God's presence, that, that sure seems better than our ordinary, everyday human existence here on earth. But that isn't what happens. First of all, angels are created beings made specifically by God for service. The Bible never tells us exactly when God created angels, but Job 38 says that the angels celebrated when God created the earth. Uh, So presumably he created the angels when he created the heavens. Nothing in the Bible implies that God continues to create new angels. To the contrary, Genesis 2.1 reports, thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them, which probably includes the complete set of angels for all time. It's fundamentally crucial. We need to understand, right? So not only is it clear we don't get to become angels, but we need to understand that we don't want to become angels. It's crucial to understand that angels are not made in God's image the way we are. Genesis 1, 26 and 27 reports, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our own likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. What I want us to understand and always hold in our mind is that human beings are very special. We alone carry the image of God. And yet, of course, so often we treat each other like garbage. But God views every human life made in his image. Every human life is precious to him, born and unborn. Because we are made in his image, every single human being. Now, now what that means theologically is complicated to articulate, but the reality that we want to hold on to is that this is a privilege that no other created being enjoys, not even angels. Hebrews 1.14 makes clear that angels are used by God to serve human followers of Jesus Christ. The writer asks, are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation, right? Who inherits salvation? The saints. Who are the saints? The believers in Jesus Christ. Angels serve God for our benefit because we are made in God's image and they are not. Moreover, and this isn't just a little bit moreover, this is unimaginably and infinitely moreover, Jesus didn't die for angels, he died for us. The Bible teaches that both angels and humans can fall into sin. Our first human ancestors, Adam and Eve, sinned, and their sin infected all of creation with sin, making both sin and death a standard feature of earthly life. However, before they sinned, Satan and many other angels had already rebelled against God's good authority, becoming what we know as demons. 
And because they don't bear God's image with delegated responsibility to rule and reign over creation, angels that fall into sin remain under God's wrath without hope of redemption. There are no second chances for demons. Jude 1.6 speaks of the angels who did not stay within their own position of authority but left their proper dwelling. He has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. Now, we're going to talk about that judgment in a few minutes. Human beings, on the other hand, praise God, hallelujah, have been given a second chance through Jesus Christ. Hebrews 2.16 says of Jesus, For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. He helps us. To rescue human beings from our sin, the eternal Son of God, Jesus the Christ, stepped into creation. He added a human body and nature to his already perfect divine existence and nature so that he could represent us and redeem us from sin. We have all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. And those sins that we indulge in earn God's holy and justified anger. We are born and we live as slaves to sin, but Jesus came to set us free from sin's terrible power. Jesus lived the sinless life we can't. He suffered and died for us on a cross, and then he was buried and rose from the dead. So that if we believe in him, our sins are forgiven, and we receive God's gift of eternal life by grace through Now, this is the bad news piece we need to address first about today's myth. Because admission to heaven isn't automatic. Just because someone we love and care about dies doesn't mean they go to heaven. Because by default, we are all under God's wrath, and justly so. That is the message of John 3.18 that was referenced before. Everyone loves John 3.16. Go forward two verses. Our natural state is under God's wrath. It is only through Christ that our future and our fate is changed. It's only by embracing Jesus as Lord and Savior that our eternal destination becomes heaven, and we are truly able to begin a sentence with heaven just gained, dot, dot, dot. Jesus emphasized in John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. But I want to say that the good news of Jesus Christ is that the good news doesn't just end with our eternal destination becoming heaven. There is so much more good news. If the good news just ended with, okay, we get to go to heaven when we die, then maybe we would prefer this myth we're talking about today. Maybe, maybe we'd want to earn our wings and become angels. But friends, there is far better news. When we put our faith in Jesus, we are adopted into God's family. We become beloved children of God the Father. Siblings, if you will, to Jesus the Son. John 1.12 explains, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Romans 8, 16, and 17 proclaim the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. 
And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him, in order that we may also be glorified with Him. So friends, what I want to say is in the light of our culture that has a great fascination with angels and may, in an ill-considered moment, think it's awesome to become an angel, realize that angels may indeed be awesome, but in Jesus Christ, we're family. For all their power, angels are still staff. They will never be family because they don't carry God's image. They serve the saved while we enjoy the eternal presence of our Father God and Jesus our brother forever. And so as members of God's royal family, right? Think about that. As a member of God's royal family, The second key principle is that we will reign and judge with Christ. Serving in heaven as an angel would definitely be awesome. But reigning with Christ is even better. Scripture says that once we trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior, then we are already seated with Jesus in heaven. Ephesians 2.6 proclaims God raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That, by the way, is your present reality if Christ is your Savior. Even as you go about your daily life in Woodbridge, Virginia, in the 2022, this is your present reality. You are seated with Christ. This is why you can enjoy fellowship with him in prayer and praise and worship. Because his spirit is in you. You have been sealed And he assures us he is always with us and will never, never leave us. Moreover, everyone who accepts Christ will rule over creation alongside King Jesus. Revelation 20 verse 4 says, Then I saw thrones, and seated on them were those to whom the authority to judge was committed. Also I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and for the word of God. And those who had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands, they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. But, but going beyond that, Revelation 22, 5 declares that in the renewed heaven and earth, night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light. And they, meaning believers, will reign forever and ever with King Jesus. Now, I want to encourage you. I was going to say warn, but I'll go with encourage you. Being a child of God is not a passive activity. It's not a passive activity here on earth, as you know, right? We are called to take up our cross daily and serve the Lord, to follow. But it's not going to be a passive activity in heaven either. So, so just realize, you know, we aren't going to be sitting around on clouds strumming our harps in heaven, and we are certainly not going to be angels. Jesus spoke often of eternal rewards and greater responsibilities waiting for us in heaven if we've been faithful on earth. In eternity, we will be exactly as mankind was first created to be, right? We will display God's image perfectly and without sin. We will enjoy perfect fellowship with our Creator. We will do what we were made to do 
as the crown jewel of God's creation, and that is to serve and reign over the universe alongside Jesus Christ. Looking back to our passage, 1 Corinthians 6, it's, it's just steeped in this reality. It says that we will assist Jesus in judging the world. Verse 2 asks, do you not know that the saints will judge the world? Now, let's, let's be clear, right? Who are the saints? Followers of Jesus. It's not a special category of followers of Jesus. It's every follower of Jesus. And our work will likely include judging unbelievers in elements of creation, but it will definitely include judging angels, which emphasizes once again, it is much better to be a a redeemed human being than to be an angel. At the final judgment, those fallen angels will be judged, but the ones in chains and the ones running around wreaking havoc on this earth for a defined, limited period of time. And verse 3 says, we're going to be the ones doing it. Do you not know that we are to judge angels? And so I want you to let this better truth just soak into your mind and heart today. That if you are in Christ, then you are already seated with Him. You are going to reign with Him. You're going to judge with him. You're even going to judge angels with him. Clearly, it is far better to be a human being made in God's image and redeemed by Christ's blood than to be even the most powerful angel. Being a follower of Jesus means that your eternal future is infinitely better than just becoming an angel could ever be. So thank God and I mean that, truly thank him, that as followers of Jesus, we don't become angels. That when we die, we are exalted, reigning, judging members of Christ's royal family. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give thanks for this this glorious aspect of the great good news, that the great gospel of Jesus Christ that that redeems us from our sin, that saves us from the death that we deserve and that we brought upon ourselves, that this great good news permeates every aspect of our life and our afterlife, Lord, that, that indeed you have exalted us and adopted us as your sons and daughters. And Lord, I want to pray for anyone here or, or, or who is worshiping online who may not have yet embraced Jesus as Lord and Savior. I pray that they would make that decision. That they would accept Christ's sacrifice on the cross for them. That they would trust in Him as Lord and believe in His resurrection and be saved. Lord God, we give thanks for that adoption we enjoy into your family. Lord, let us live in the strength of that knowledge. Let us live in the hope and the certainty of that, Lord, in these dark and uncertain times that we navigate. Lord, help us to be faithful here on earth because we know the good things that await for us. Let us run this race that you have appointed for us in the joy and the certainty that that we are served by angels for your glory and your kingdom, and that in the end we will be with you 
as your exalted children, praising you, worshiping you, fellowshipping with you, as you made us to be and to do. Lord, we lift this in Jesus' name. Amen.